0: Hi, this is Ruth Ullman, founder of MyElderCareJourney.com, and you are listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J.
1: Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Hey,
2: Dream Chasers. This is Amy J. And you are listening to episode 118 of Chasing Dreams. And I have a wonderful guest for you guys today. Her name is Ruth Ullman. She is a business consultant and coach of myeldercarejourney.com, and she has been featured on Fox, CBS, NBC, and ABC News. For more than 20 years, she has helped companies, groups, and individuals achieve their business objectives. Giving up her consulting business to care for her aging parents led her to create a new business, helping small business entrepreneurs and consultants realign their businesses to thrive while caring for aging parents. No one should have to choose between the business they created and caring for aged loved ones is a belief she holds. And she has taken a small break from what she does to come on the show and share her story and her lessons learned. And I am so grateful for that. Ruth, how are you today?
0: I'm really well. How are you, Amy? I'm
2: well. Thank you for asking and thank you for coming on. I know you got a lot going on
0: but it's something i really believe in strongly because you don't know how much you can lose when you take on caring for aging parents so most of us don't plan
2: now that's so my parents are elderly um if you're listening to this you're young at heart parents you're young at heart uh, <laughs> but but they are not 40 or or 20 uh anymore and so that's one thing that interested me about your story is, you know, that I've never thought about this. It's hard to think about your parents getting older and elderly and taking care of them the way they took care of you. And I know it's coming and it's like, what does that mean? And and how did you figure that out? Was that something that, I mean, are, do you have a health background? Was that something you were familiar with aside from maybe having your own family, you, you knew how to take care of them? how do you figure out elder care?
0: And that's, that's what most people do. They stumble through it. They, I don't have a healthcare background. I did work in a hospital for about 10 years. So I'm familiar with how that operates, but elder care is a whole different animal.
2: Mm.
0: And it's not just taking care of your aging parents or loved ones. It's The legal stuff, it's the financial stuff, it's also the health things, it's all the emotion of watching them lose their independence, lose their ability to think clearly, and all the emergencies that happen as they get closer to the end of their life. That is, it is a reactive kind of thing, and you're going through an industry that is not well each each part of the industries that support elder care are separate so there's no real overlap there's no real process that helps people get from one step to the other we don't even talk about how they connect let alone do we talk about how our parents will age or how we will age and what kind of life we want as we go through that process so there's all these stumbling blocks for people and when you're in the midst of it, you're alone. You're too busy to even come up for air to ask anyone. And as my friends were going through this as well as I was, I hadn't seen my best friend in more than six months when my mother passed away. Oh, wow. And, and I've known this woman since we were 13 years old. So we were, I was used to talking to her all the time. Her mother had Alzheimer's. My Both my parents were going downhill quickly. There was no time to talk, to even compare notes or learn anything from anybody else. So was your
2: process the same as what you were describing? I mean, stumbling along, looking into libraries and figuring out how to do it?
0: Looking at the internet, trying to put together what's, what's the right information for me, what's true, and how do I make a quick decision? And I'm a problem solver by nature. Most of the work I did was consulting. I worked with people who things are too close when it's yours. Oh,
2: so, absolutely.
0: So you can't take the longer view. And that's where I was. That That's my best place to work, helping people take that step back and ask them the right questions so they can make the decisions to move forward. So I've I've worked in all kinds of weird situations. In, in the U.S. and internationally. So it never occurred to me that I couldn't figure this out. But the things that you don't know is that it can happen so quickly that you don't have time to go do a little research and think through what's the right thing to do next. It happens in the middle of the night, or you've got one in the hospital and one at home that can't stay by themselves so you have to have a quick solution and all the things i learned going through this process i kept thinking there has to be an easier way there has to be an easier way Mm -hmm. and once my parents had passed away i thought well i guess it's up to me to find that because i don't see it anywhere in the marketplace so i was really sick by the time they they had passed away So, I wasn't able to work full days, but I spent that time interviewing people from all the different industries that support elder care. And this shocked me more than anything else. I talked to people I'd never met from all across the country, and they spent an hour or an hour and a half answering any question I wanted to ask and never charged me a dime for the consulting.
2: That's amazing. I mean, that's a testament to to the, the bonding people have, I mean, it's, it's a common issue. And now you've created my Is that a resource that people can go to in tr- when they're trying to figure out instead of stumbling about unknowingly, yeah. they can come yeah. to your website?
0: Yes. And it's a two-part thing. So because I lost my business, while I was going through this with my parents, I, this, it was a 14-year journey for, for us. The last seven years were really bad. The last three were brutal. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep up. I couldn't run a business and disappoint my clients and try to juggle what was going on with my parents. And they were still living in their own home. We had home care with them. So I wasn't doing the day-to-day kind of thing. It was doctor's visits. It was dealing with the insurance. It was legal things. It was talking to the insurance companies over the phone. That's a half a day. Yeah, I've
2: I've heard horror stories about that.
0: Unfortunately, it's not just once. You think, okay, it's done now. I can move on. And two weeks later, you're doing the same damn thing. (laughs) It's like, oh my God. And you can do that a half a dozen times before it's done. Now, one thing
2: you were saying about um, taking care of your parents and how you lost touch with your best friend, is that important in the sense of, you know, you got to take care of yourself? Yes. Well, how, how, do, how what would you recommend that people do?
0: Um, first, if you have a small business, figure out, and this is what I help people do to realign that business so it can thrive figure out how to replace yourself in that business for longer periods of time Mm. so that you're not trying to run your business and take care of an emergency at the same time. What people don't know is the average amount of caregiving that a person can do is 20 hours a week. And that was done by a MetLife survey in 2010. Wow. So in the beginning, it's less and the end it's way more. But if you average if if you can move away from your business for 20 hours a week and you be the leader of that business instead of working in the business then you can spend time creating a caregiving team that helps take care of your parents so it's not just you or you and your a few of your siblings it's you and some friends or neighbors and you build a team that it has to have some flexibility in it. And for God's sakes, keep your sense of humor.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see how that could come in handy for it. Um, one, yeah, of the, one of the things you mentioned was that you lost your business. I did. How long did you have your business before you began taking care of your parents?
0: I actually moved back to the Midwest from California started a business at the same time I started taking care of them so in the beginning it was small things the first the first 7 5 to 7 years were pretty easy i could manage both i had this business for almost 12 years wow it was hard to say goodbye to people
2: well so it wasn't even a a solo practice of, of- kind of business it you had other people dependent upon you
0: yes I had a uh, half a dozen people working with me part-time mostly part-time but yeah they uh, as I took less and less business I needed less and less support from them so yeah it, it impacted six other families myself my clients yeah it was it was lousy
2: But at the same time, it wasn't the only thing you lost, though, right? I mean, you said you got sick yourself.
0: I mean, I I feel like this is
2: one thing upon another.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, the stress, the other thing we don't understand is that the stress of caregiving can cost a caregiver as much as 10 years of their life. Wow. So there's been two studies done, one by the University of California, another by Ohio State. And so they're talking between eight and 10 years you can lose in your life just from the stress but all that stress for that period of time because it can span 10 to 20 plus years that you're in this caregiving cycle so think about how your business would survive for 10 or 20 years and you're working and you're caregiving 10 20 hours a week or more you know there's no there's no winning in that if you don't ha- if you don't step back and say i i have this business and my parents are getting older, I need a plan. It doesn't have to be a huge plan, but I I need a way to get through this so that my business survives. I have something to come back to and I can take care of my parents so that the life they have is pretty, as as good as can be. And it does take a bit of planning.
2: Now, did you have a support system? Aside from the the best friend you mentioned, did you have other family you could rely on, or friends, no, community.
0: My family is has always been really small, so it was my sister and I, mm-hmm. and my two parents. So there, and my parents were really. My mother was very outgoing, and she welcomed people into our lives. My dad was, let's just have family. Don't let anybody any strangers in the house. Okay, that that did not work so well. So when we brought in home care, it took him a while to get used to that.
2: Well, I was going to ask that. Yeah. I mean, he must've not taken to that as easily or you would have hoped. right? Yeah.
0: That was, yeah. There were times where (laughs) I just wanted to say, look, maybe you should just have a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Now through all of this,
2: you know, in in your business is, it's slowly dying, I guess. I'm trying to, Yep, find that's, the best way to put it. Slowly done, right? Um, you're taking care of your parents. Did you have any outlets, hobbies? Uh, are you allowed that when you're caring for your parents?
0: You know, I I didn't. I was because it was just my sister and I and the home care people. There really wasn't a lot of time or energy. All the weird things that happen at night. So hospital runs, they all happened at night. So not much sleep. (laughs) Um, I also had a sick dog. (laughs) So even less sleep because of that. So there wasn't much time for fun, especially in those last seven years. The first seven were actually pretty good, but the last seven were brutal. And that's what I would have done differently. I would have found a bigger network of people to help.
2: Now you come, you were saying how you were in a small family. If someone else is in that same similar position, you know, how, how can they find a bigger network?
0: There are neighbors that my parents had relationships with that we could have called in. Their friends were all about the same age. So they were all having their own issues. So friends were, not not able but there were, my sister had some friends that were nurses that we could have asked for help and we just you know you can't when you're in the midst of this you don't step back and think about these people but we could have asked the church to help us a bit there were other community resources we could have reached out for had we had we been able to step back and think about it Now, can you
2: help in guiding people to those communities? Yes.
0: And I have a six-week course online for anyone who's interested in how to navigate elder care. That's actually the name of the course. And that will take you through all the different phases of elder care with the specifics, how to find an attorney that will help you put together power of attorney, um, what questions to ask, what do you do to put your finances together so you have an idea of what you what kind of care you can afford and for how long. Uh, there's a module on how to deal with health care, what questions to ask, how that system works. Because most people don't know that your primary care physician, the the referrals that he or she makes, that whole network works together. So you will never find or will rarely find a specialist that will ever say anything nasty about a primary care physician because the primary care physician is their source of referrals. Huh. So if your primary care physician is horrible, which we had. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so you have, I bet my parents had five or six specialists. And So they'd go into the hospital. The primary care group was supposed to let us know when they would be discharged, and that was always last minute. Sometimes I'd get a call at 10 o'clock in the morning saying, "I'm going to be released at noon. Can you come get me?" It took me 45 minutes to get to the other side of town to get them. (laughs) But then you bring them home, and you need oxygen or a hospital bed, or some other thing. And you, unless you know people to call, you're what the hospital will give you is a sheet of paper with all the resources and a phone number, and you have to figure out who's going to answer the phone and give you what you need and somebody you can work with. So we finally got rid of that primary care group, and we did that by asking some of the specialists that we were working with that were really good, and they, of course, hesitated because this is how they get referrals. So. My, my solution was to take them quietly into a corner and say, look, we're going to find a new primary care physician. And you'll either help us get there or you'll be stuck with whoever we choose. So I realize this is how you get referrals and this is between you and I, but this is what we're going to do. So I'd appreciate your help because if you all work together better, it'll be better and it'll be a better outcome for everybody. They agreed and they gave us a name. Three of them gave us the same name. Oh well. Wow. And the guy who we went to next was awesome. He yeah, was
2: I, I definitely think uh three, three referrals to the same yeah, person. Yeah. That's so, telling.
0: And they helped us get an appointment with him very quickly. So that I was really grateful for that. But he was very collaborative and just a nice human being. He was a nurse first and then became a doctor. So he had a very different experience in the healthcare. He was He was a good guy to have on the team. And well, from then on, things went better.
2: Well, let me ask you this, which is kind of, I guess, a diff- difficult question. When should you start planning for elder care?
0: You will notice that your parents start asking for help more often. And so you'll, you'll see that it'll be too heavy for them to carry the laundry up the steps. Um, they'll start asking you for, well, this is what my parents did. They started asking for help reading uh, insurance and legal documents. Just take a look at this. And they never did that before. So when you start seeing that kind of help on a regular basis, that's your clue. You have some period of time to get your ducks in a row. Get yourself get your business set up so it can start operating without you. And put put together a power of attorney for healthcare and financial. You'll be set for a little while in both areas then. If something quickly happens, and they can't speak for themselves or make decisions for themselves, you'll be able to help them. And you know, because you've got your, your company set up to operate without you for a while, you don't have to worry about that either. So you can, you can go through this process with a little peace of mind. Knowing how the elder care system works, You know, just that knowledge of what to expect will give you some peace of mind. The emotional part about seeing your family get sick, be in the hospital—I can't do anything about that, but I can help you prepare on what to expect, what questions to ask. So that so that part isn't quite as terrifying.
2: Well, it's you kind of it, it's kind of like knowing something's coming and be, being as preventative as possible, or as prepared—not preventative, but prepared to handle it as you can be. Um, in such a situation. I mean, I'm thinking my parents and it, it's going to be tough, but uh, like you said, at least I could be prepared for what to expect. Yeah. Now,
0: yeah.
2: when you went through this, right. And you, you lost the business, your health was suffering and you lost most of your savings. How is it, and you had lost your parents, you know, how is it you didn't I don't mind saying that I would have probably fallen into depression, and maybe you did. I don't know. But how is it you came out from that on the positive side? Did you face obstacles?
0: Oh yeah, lots, lots of them. I was really sick, and I was in the normal um, healthcare system, so where they treat symptoms versus underlying causes, and I knew that what they were telling me wasn't true and i was feeling pretty bad uh, i got uh, there's something in me that says i'm and I, it's been there my whole life if you're not going to help me then i'll figure it out myself and i think for 4 months i read everything i could put my hands on to figure out how to get to the underlying cause of my my health issues and I found a book, did what it said, and within two weeks, there was a big change. I mean, a big change. And I said, okay, so I'm onto to something here, and I know this is just the start. So I found a functional medicine doctor, and they look at the underlying causes of disease. And uh, I live in Ohio. There isn't exactly cutting-edge stuff going on here. <laughs> but i was lucky to find a woman that was probably i think at the time she was probably in her early 40s she was just becoming a functional medicine doctor so we were learning together and she was very collaborative and i kept pushing saying look this can't be this can't be the answer and here's my end goal so she and i work together and we still do from time to time now and in that period, it's probably been that's probably five years. My health is pretty much turned around. So I can't tell you that was an easy process. There were probably a few years where I spent a portion of every week curled up in a ball in so much stomach pain. Oh,
2: I'm so, so sorry, but well, one, congratulations though, after for making it through.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad about that too. <laughs> and my, but the traditional doctors that I was seeing were not happy about it. They did thought this was quackery that I was talking about, and more than one told me to leave their practice. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> they do that, yeah. It's if you don't do this, then I can't treat you. And I said, okay. Oh wow! Here, because got... then I. Yeah, had I stayed on that path, all that they were doing was giving me more and more pharmaceuticals. And my digestion wasn't working, so the pharmaceuticals couldn't work because my body couldn't digest them. Hmm. But since they didn't know what my problem was, <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. And I am just too stubborn to give up. I <laughs> I had read enough and I, I learned quickly by reading that I knew enough to be dangerous and what questions to ask, and they couldn't answer they couldn't answer them. And I could go to a functional medicine doctor. She says, I don't know the answer, but I'll try to find out. So we, I expect to be healthier than I've ever been in my life in about a year. I'm 90% there now.
2: How do you even find a functional medicine doctor?
0: If you go online and look for functional medicine doctors, uh-huh. there is a directory oh. nationwide that you can find the doctors in your area. I didn't even know that was a thing. I had heard, you know, somewhere in all the reading I had heard, but I didn't expect any to be in my area. <laughs> I thought I'd have to travel. And I was lucky. There were actually four in this area. I I chose that woman because she was younger and I she really struck me as having um, a real passion for making a difference. Well, that's wonderful. She did.
2: Well, let me ask you this. So, that's that's kind of how you bounce back from the health and and the emotional Difficulty, I'm sure, of, of what yeah. you went through. What about the business?
0: I knew as I was halfway through the hell with my parents that nobody else should do this. And I also know one of the skills I came with is I can take complicated systems that may or may not fit together and figure out how they all work together and help people understand that. That's part of what I learned doing consulting. So in, in the time that I was feeling well, I started interviewing every person that, that played a role in, in supporting elder care. So from the legal people to the finance people, to doctors and nurses, to home care, assisted living, nursing home, and even funeral. And I, I was lucky. I don't know how this happened, <laughs> but I kept reaching out. And saying, here's what I'd like to do. Will you help me understand what you do and what people generally do wrong? How they could do better? What would you like them to know? And I got responses from all over the country. They'd spend an hour, hour and a half, sometimes two hours, talking to me about what they did, how they did it, what what we what normal people do wrong, don't know, or just forget about. And I was shocked that they called me back and even more shocked that they never charged me for consulting. And I asked them why, why would you spend so much time with someone you don't know? Why would you, they were candid.
2: (laughs) I'm curious too. What did they say?
0: They said, because this needs to be done and I don't, we don't see anybody doing it.
2: Huh? So they, too, saw that it was an yeah.
0: issue. Yeah. They said people, you know, they come here, they do the legal thing. They don't understand how that legal thing that they do then affects the, the financial or the problems they will have. Because we think if we have power of attorney, we can go to a bank and take out our parents' money to pay whatever it is they need to have paid for. That doesn't really happen. Some banks will make you Complete more documents. Some banks will torment the hell out of you until you take the money out. It's so that that power of attorney is good for some things, but not good for others. Social security will ask you to do something totally different. Power of attorney is not enough. So if you don't and somehow that gets lost in translation or it isn't conveyed at the attorney's office because i suspect people are so overwhelmed with information when they're there that they don't get to the point where they're talking about the everyday application and how this will how this power of attorney will be should be used and what else you need to do
2: sure i mean it wouldn't occur to me
0: yeah it didn't occur to me either so that's how i got to this point and i knew, i didn't want anybody else to have to make that choice whether to between their business and taking care of their parents. That's, uh, that's a ridiculous choice.
2: And how long have you been doing this?
0: I was helping just individuals for quite a few years. Um, let's say four. And then a couple of years ago, it occurred to me that people with small businesses are going through the same thing that I did. And I've been doing consulting most of my life. Why on earth am I not doing that? And that came to me when I was talking to one of my neighbors, and she is a designer. And her mother got very sick and died in short order. I think her journey was just a couple of years. But in that period of time, she lost 90% of her clients. Oh, wow. And I thought, she said, I needed you a few years ago. And I'm thinking, yeah, and that's ridiculous for me not to be helping people. that that do have their own business because they're the ones that lose in both their business and in in their their personal life. Yeah.
2: So as you started this and, you know, you were helping the individuals, was there a moment when during your help and your, your consulting and everything that you looked back and you thought, this is, this is it, this was the right thing to be doing.
0: Yeah. I'm a big fan of Joel Osteen. Mm -hmm. So I, I listened to them a lot. And I joined a church earlier this year in, in my neighborhood. And as we were going through some of the exercises there, I realized that I have been pushed towards doing this work for probably 10 years. And I just didn't see it. I had always had doing something with elder care as a business in mind almost 15 years ago. I wouldn't say that this is what I had in mind when I started, but things kept coming up. So my friends would say, you know, how do you deal with this or how uh, how does this work? And little by little, I got to this point after, after my parents had passed that, you know, the, we need a system, we need it to be simple, We need it that that people can go someplace, learn what they need when they need it. So I created short modules that you can listen to on your your iPhone. And the longest one is 20 minutes. It gives you an answer, tells you how to do something, and then you can move on. Because the phases of elder care don't necessarily come sequentially. So you may decide, well, you may find yourself in the hospital one day in the emergency room and you already need, you're, you're in the third phase where things are going downhill and you haven't done anything with power of attorney or financial. So it's a little out of sequence, but you need answers. So I created the course so that whatever piece you're in at that time, you can go get the answer. If you're a long-term thinker, the six weeks course is probably a good thing for you. If you're already in the midst of it and you need home care right now and you need to know what questions to ask, how to keep your family safe, you've got strangers in your house, um, I created a series of, I think there are four or five modules that just answer that question. They are less than an hour. 45 minutes or so. You can get the answer. You know almost everything you would need to know to start calling home care people, interviewing them, and knowing what questions to ask. Make a much better decision for your family and your your particular situation.
2: Well, Ruth, I think you're doing an amazing thing. And I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful service and one I'm Myself have already checked out and are continuing to check out. And guys, you should check it out as well, uh, whether you have elder parents or people you are taking care of and also to be prepared. Um, Ruth, thank you so much. Um, I do have to ask, what is, you know, with all your experiences, with what you went through in helping your parents and knowing what they went through and what businesses can go through and how you bounced back. What is something, an action you would recommend that a dream chaser take today?
0: Hmm. Good question. Amy, I'd say if something doesn't work, because whatever, whatever dream you're chasing, so things will not work the way you think. If the advice you're getting from experts or a marketing strategy just doesn't work the way, the way you think or the way you've been advised to change it, Do something different. Keep talking to people because persistence pays.
2: That is some great advice right there. And I think you are a shining example of what persistence can do. (laughs) Well, Ruth, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story and, and the lessons you learned from it.
0: Thank you for having me. Hey, I wanted to tell your guests yeah and your listeners, that i created a special free gift it's a one-page infographic it's called the five phases of elder care and you can use it as a checklist that's so you won't be surprised what's coming you know how they all all the pieces kind of connect and you can find it at bit.ly b-i-t dot L-Y backslash amy j that is so
2: kind of you thank you so much for sharing that and guys I will have that link in the show notes, so don't worry if you missed it. If you're driving, please don't you know be in an accident trying to write that down. It'll be on the show notes page. Ruth, thank you again so much.
0: Amy, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun.
2: And Dream Chasers, that was Ruth Ullman. Loved having her on the show. I learned a lot about not just elder care, but the power of perseverance and persistence and just... Keeping at it, guys, and so take that for heart. And definitely check out um, the free gift she is offering. You can find the, that link to that as well as all the show notes over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com/episode118. That's episode one one eight. Until next time, guys, keep chasing.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams.